0: Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I'm a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self and passed over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight. I'm joined today by Lauren DeGolia. She's an astrologist and a clarity consultant who helps people unlock parts of themselves to live life on their own terms. After ditching her soul-crushing job as a strategic consultant for a Fortune 200 company, Lauren embarked on a journey back to herself. Using modalities such as meditation, journaling, rapid resolution therapy, and astrology, Lauren listened to the whispers of her soul and reinvented herself to reach her highest potential. I'm getting crazy goosebumps while I'm talking. You just totally <laughs> distracted me from it. Since then, Lauren has worked with hundreds of people to unlock their full potential, uncork their magic, and unleash themselves from the hustle to find their ultimate purpose and flow. Lauren has been featured in Best of Life, Well and Good, Bustle, and Coveter, and she's joining me today. We're going to be talking about how to make decisions the right way. We're going to be talking about how to spark meaningful change in your life and why connecting with your intuition and deep desires can help you achieve your highest potential Lauren thank you for being here my sister welcome
1: Lauren thank you for having me it's very it's very rare in my life that I meet a Lauren that I don't like we that's are so just a so kind cute. of we are the kind of name that always get along I don't know what as, as long I don't mean to sound sexist but as long as you're a female like there's always a bond
0: yeah that's so true I love that And I love being able to use my name and not sound like a crazy person in third person talking (laughs) about myself. So there we go. I love that. (laughs) I know. So we've got so many things to get into today because, you know, I love talking about astrology. I love talking about also empowerment. I love, you know, the whole conversation Mm -hmm. around developing your intuition and listening to your deep desires. And I do find that, you know, as spiritual people, we kind of know innately what we're meant to do, but we don't always take the action and, and, you know, actually back our mm. big ideas. So how did your journey sort of kick off? You know, we talked about you working in a fortune 200 company, but did your spiritual journey yeah. begin before that? Or did something happen?
1: I mean, I don't think unless we're like highly tuned into like, this was the moment that while things are unfolding in that now moment, that we know that that's the thing, but as I was going through what I would call uh, the darkest, the darkest journey of my soul, mm-hmm. um, I had many reflective moments back of like, how the f did I get here? What am I doing? How like what is going on? And it really started with uh, the death of a peer and a really close friend. That's what I can track it back to. Because literally uh, on the outside, everything in my life, like I had, I had checked a lot of the boxes. I had checked the house box, the kid box, the marriage box, the job box, the everything box, the friends box. And yet when my friend passed away, I like almost lost my breath and was like, dear baby Jesus, like, what are we actually here doing? Like, what are we doing here? what is going on and why did this happen mm. and uh the way that i processed that death was um
0: like none other so did you process it did it take
1: time did you read i mean what did you do did you check out did i read that's very interesting i didn't read the interesting thing is my my friend who was very close to my age left two very small kids this is back when we had little kids Um, now, but she had like a two and a four-year-old and I used to work um, in downtown Seattle. And for those of you who have ever been to Seattle, like, you know, it's very hilly and the market is a huge, the Pikes Place market is a huge draw. And I worked down in the hustle about a block away from Pikes Market. um, I think on maybe like the 12th or 15th floor of one of the prominent buildings down there. And every time I walked my boss's office, I could see the exact intersection where my friend passed away and it was almost like for six to eight months, I felt re-traumatized by her death and it was in my face multiple times a week and I just had that grief and that dread and yet my trauma response because of what I've been through in my life through very different, you know, aspects of pain and growth was that I was just con- going to continue to play forward. And I was going to just keep on keeping on acknowledging that I was feeling very deeply about what had happened.
0: So you were acknowledging that you weren't shoving it down. You were just going yeah. through, right. Okay. Cause I find yeah. sometimes that's what happens, isn't it? People shove down that pain and they try to go through the motions
1: so they don't honor that part of themselves. Yeah, I was starting to question, like, different aspects of my friendship circles, and I I started getting these little nudges, like, this doesn't feel right, like, this doesn't feel like the thing for Mm -hmm. me, and so I would start bowing out of, you know, um, a, we had a very tight knit, like eight person friend, friend group. And I started bowing out of events and not being available. And that like, I know that that sounds so minor and maybe even silly, but that was really the start of me, like starting to pull back my, I don't even want to say power. Cause I never lost my power in all of this, but my energy to like where I actually felt Like I was in my own energetic sphere, I'll call it. I think
0: sometimes on the spiritual journey as well, you know, we do have to go and we have those dark periods or those winter periods, those hibernation, those introspection periods that can't necessarily be shared with others because it's an internal thing. It doesn't mean that we can't have discussions around it, but at least in my experience, the, the contemplation, the up. The, you know, kind of allowing things to sort of marinate, that's really difficult to do, I think, outside of yourself.
1: Yeah. And when you haven't, you know, I had grieved death. It wasn't that I was um, a stranger to death, but I think it was this kind of death and this, this um, unfair of a death that like really rocked me. And, Um, when you experience a change like that in your life, where like, you know, the snow globe gets shaken, uh, you start going like, huh, am I really available for all the bullshit that, that I'm experiencing? Like, is this really how I want this to go? And the trickle down effect of that was, Um, Very shortly after she passed away, I'm just trying to kind of piece my timing together. Yeah, very shortly after she passed away, I had a Me Too moment in my corporate work environment. And um, the chief information and security officer um, touched me, shook my chair, asked me for drinks. Like it was highly inappropriate. And it sent me into this like almost spiral is the word that's coming up so we're gonna go with it but it was almost this spiral of um like what wait what and I was never I had never been so mad feeling like somebody had like tried to bully me um and and really try and take away my power and that's not something as a Capricorn that I give away lightly right like I am like you Miss Aries I am the confident one Um, But again, my trauma response was to try and continue to play through and navigate and make the best of and, you know, not rock the boat because I was a chronic people pleaser. And I just, I found myself living within six months in a very toxic work environment um, where this person was undermining my work. He was telling his teams not to work with me or support, you know, Mm -hmm. the initiatives that I had been assigned And, um, a few months after that, my boss had reached out to me and, you know, had essentially asked me to leave the company despite me being a high performer for almost six years straight. And it was, it was a shit show of epic proportion, um, that ended with me one day deciding that I could not, my soul could not take anymore. She was screaming bloody murder and, um, I, the only option I saw was to quit my job and blow up my career.
0: Mm, I'm getting goosebumps from that because I think that, you know, there's almost two ways these stories go. Like number one, the universe forces us or number two, we we take it and we do it ourselves. And, you know, I think like, it it sounds like to me that you kind of got to your to the edge where you just went, you know what? I've hit my limit. This is it. And I'm going to go and I'm going to move forward. For me, I was made redundant. So the universe had to do it for me because (laughs) I wasn't going to do it myself, apparently. So, you know, where do you think, you know, you got that power? Did you just have enough and you just went, I'm better than this? Did you have this other calling where you went, I actually want to be doing this other thing, or did you kind of blow up that career and then create the space for, you know, something new to enter? Did you have, you know, kind of inclination? What was going to I help? had
1: zero plan. I had zero plan, truly. Um, my tentative plan was like this particular company in the Seattle area, like they're not going to want their name smeared or, you know, I don't want to go to court. They don't want to deal with that. So they're going to kind of like ask me to leave and exit left and I will do that. And I will spend some time reflecting on what I really want. And essentially, I tried to sue them. And they told me that I was a liar um, for weeks. Um, But the real impetus was, um, for some reason, the only mantra, and I wasn't even a believer in the universe at this point, I Mm. will go to my grave with that, was that the universe was going to have my back, that was the only mantra that brought me peace uh, of my decision. And I sat I live on an island outside Seattle, you have to get on a ferry boat, I sat in the lanes getting on the boat, and I was just like, the universe is going to have my back. I don't know what this holds, but the universe is going to have my back. And uh, here we are three and a half years later, and I can confidently say the universe has had my back the whole time, even though maybe hasn't felt like that.
0: Well, I think we go, (laughs) you know, especially when we're determined, strong women, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I have to do it myself. And we sort of forget we're co-creating with source that we're co-creating with the universe. And, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard this saying before, but it's rejection is God's protection. And I remember I heard that on Colette Baron reed and one of her cards, I read it. And I just thought that was so powerful because it's just really an indication that what's not meant for us is actually protecting us in some way and realigning us with the path that we're meant to be on. One of the things that I noticed is that And I noticed this, I guess, for myself as well, is that the universe can have our back, but we also have to be willing and we have to allow ourselves to take our foot off the gas and go with the flow and also to, you know, kind of pay attention to those intuitive hits or those signs that that we're Mm -hmm. getting or those opportunities where the doors open that we have to walk through. So, you know, how did you sort of start to navigate allowing the universe to take your, you know, to help you along, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I had started working, it's so funny, you just brought up Colette Baron reed I had started working with an Oracle deck of hers from a while ago. I don't even know if you can still buy this Oracle deck. Um, And that is truly what changed my relationship with my intuition and helped me check in with myself on where I'm at, what I need, what feels right as the like next, pardon me, as the next step. And I don't want to say that I quit my job based on some Oracle cards, because that would just sound silly. But I will say that (laughs) (laughs) I will say that they played a large role in how I began to trust what was right for me and what was not. And that opportunity, despite working tirelessly for five and a half years and getting promoted every 18 months and being wildly successful. Like I was literally, and I want you to think back about my Capricorn son, like that girl loves success. It was very hard for me to choose myself. It was like, I'm stepping Mm -hmm. out on the plank and I'm going to just see what happens here. And the net is going to catch me.
0: Yeah, but that's really difficult to do because even though we know that, you know, there's that part of us, it's kind of like, and as a medium, I understand this way more than I ever did before I got into this work, the two brain idea where you have like the the one brain that's receiving information. It's the quiet, peaceful, unconditional love side of ourselves. And then we've got the other side of ourselves. that's like ego based and lives in fear. And, you know, we kind of talked about this before I hit record that I sort of have to kind of try to blend those two together and make them work and you know i think that one of the things that sometimes happens to us is we let that fear voice get in our way but then we have that higher knowing so how did you for yourself kind of go all right i'm aware of the fear here but i know on the other side of that is a miracle i know on the other side of that i will be caught was it a shift of perception um, or did you just know it and then do it anyway feel the fear and do it anyway kind of thing
1: I mean, I skipped down the street after I handed them my letter from my lawyer, <laughs> right? And quit my job. But it was truly the piece of, at least as what I can recall, like it was the piece of the mantra that like, I don't have to worry because it's all, like, I trust that this is the right decision for me. Yeah. I just trust that it is because I I am not meant to live this life of toxicity and and garbage every single day where I hate my job and my mantra, you know, I am constantly singing that song. I don't know if you've heard it, but fuck this shit. I'm out where you're just like, (laughs) I have reached past my limit here. Of, um, go, go YouTube. It is a priceless stick figure animation, but, um, I had reached my limit. My capacity was like over full. I worked, you know, 70 to 80 hours a week. Um, My adrenal system was like in total crisis. Um, I quit my job uh, six weeks before my 40th birthday and found myself in the deepest, darkest depression of my life very shortly after that. And, um, you know, I always compare that time to feeling like I was walking naked across a raging river in the dark, never knowing when I was getting to the other side. But astrology was like that glimmer of light that was like, hey, hey, if you're looking for answers, like, let me help you figure some stuff out.
0: Like, let's get into it. And I love that. So let's actually get into it. Because we know today we are going to be talking about how astrology really can help, um, you know, our listener at home and me as well as I'm learning along with them um, to really (laughs) tap into, you know, your deep desires, your intuition, and maybe even give you a little bit of that courage and determination that you may be lacking so one of the things I do want to ask you is what is it do you think that's attracted you to astrology and I don't know if I'm alone here but it's actually super complicated I do find it sometimes difficult to retain information when I'm reading it Um, for our listener at home um Lauren was kind enough to to do a little bit of a mini reading for me before we hit record, and Lauren, I really loved your approach. I felt that I understood what you were saying. You like use practical terms, but you know, even when we were, when I was looking at my chart, some of the words that are there and the symbols, it's just, it yeah, it's really yeah, it's very
1: overwhelming. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about. So I'm gonna we're gonna start from the top. I was not actively looking for astrology to be any sort of like self growth tool in my life. Like I, I stand firmly that astrology found me I was not actively seeking it out Um, and it literally you know I mentioned I turned 40 um, and I'm a Christmas Eve baby so it was like I quit my job six weeks later I turned 40 I hadn't told my family that I like walked away from my career my mom was like I don't know why you did that like you're so stupid but we can get to her in a second I call her my Aries moon mom on my Instagram stories when I speak of her um, because she's spicy Um, uh, like two weeks after that, I had my first mediumship, like, uh, experience with Mm. someone who um, lives here in the United States. And I had never had any sort of spiritual interaction like that before. So it literally like knocked my socks off what she told me was insane. And two weeks after that, I I was enrolling for astrology school scholarship because I was looking for answers that I, I couldn't find in a book on a podcast in my therapist's office. And I was like, for some reason, this just feels like the thing that I need. Mm. And the rest, as they say, is history.
0: I think too, that just depending on your learning style, like were you good at maths? And is that a natural thing for you? Numbers and stuff like that? Because maybe that's also... I'm just yeah kind of so I'm good cause... at I'm good at math
1: but I wouldn't call myself like um I definitely have dyslexia I definitely like don't love paying attention to learning in fact I went through my whole first astrology course there were three courses that I took and then I got certified from the teacher of the school and um it was it was one of those things where I was like, this is like a foreign language to me. Yeah. And I can see how many people are like, this makes zero sense, like zero sense. And because it made no sense to me. And as I went through and I was like, huh, then there's like things that like really click. And so I remember for me, those little like things that click that I feel like the astrologer community like gatekeep from the rest of us because they're like well if i let you know this like you're gonna know too much and be able to figure too much out
0: oh you won't need
1: me anymore is it part of that right i mean i think i think a little bit it's like i have a much different perspective of astrology today than i did you know three and a half years ago when i learned or four years ago now when i learned it and um i look at it purely as an energetic conversation So a lot of conversation out there today is, you know, a characteristic based, you are this way, you are an Aries, which means this, or you are a cancer, which means this. And I find that to be very, very unhelpful, because it puts us all in a box. And the Mm -hmm. whole conversation around spiritual growth and connection to source is like, literally no one should be in any box anywhere. You need to like just be your own and do your own and have your own and think your own. So why are we putting people in a category?
0: Yeah, and then when we think about it too, you know, we also have, we're the product of our environment, we're the past lives that we've lived, you know, we're an accumulation of our experiences, all these things, they all play a factor that you can't fit into a box. So no two people are alike.
1: Right. And so what a lot of social media, and this is like my little bit of a soapbox that I could get on, honestly, for hours if, if someone let me, but I will, I will refrain, um, is I think that, for example, Scorpios get cast as sex addicts, Capricorns get cast as workaholics, Aries get cast as like these very direct egocentric assholes. And that's not <laughs> helpful when we're trying to like, actually, you're like, wait but like if you think about it it's like wait like how is that helpful to me and my own development so mm-hmm. if we pivot it a little bit and have an energetic conversation from like this is who you are to how am i showing up and how do i want to show up and so that's been my the like the foundation of my unique approach to astrology and how i teach women to use very simple aspects of their chart to go on an energetic self-discovery journey of what their chart means to them and how it shows up in their day-to-day life.
0: Right. Okay. So, I mean, when you're looking at somebody's chart or somebody comes to you for a reading, you know, Mm -hmm. I would imagine you do a similar thing that what, you know, you put in the information, you read the chart, you look at it. So then do you kind of look at it and then you also get intuitive hits or you work with your team to kind of almost dissect and summarize the information that, that you're seeing there?
1: Yeah. So for the sessions that I do, women usually come to me that are looking for their next breakthrough or their next aha um, moment so that they can, you know, move on, up-level their life in some way. Um, I'm really passionate about not necessarily doing like the standard astrology reading, I've done the I did those early on in in this career. But now it's like very um, intentional to help women really transcend the things that are keeping them stuck and move into a space that feels more like freedom and awareness that's helping them build that vision that they have, because they know that they were built for more as well. Um, And so, yeah, I sit down with a chart. I spend about an hour with it before. I mean, you just got my off the cuff here today, but I spend about an hour with it. I look at all the different aspects and then as things like as I'm writing this all out because I do it very old school, um, as I'm writing it all out, I get the downloads like, oh, I need to ask about this or I need to clarify this Mm -hmm. or I need to understand this more clearly And then when I'm sitting in front of them, there's some sort of translation that happens, just like it happened with you, that I can trust that the information that I provide is of value and of benefit to the person receiving it.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I realized, you know, um, as a reader and, you know, you and I got to share some book titles before we, before we, uh, you know, hit record And, you know, as an explorer, I guess, on the spiritual path, learning everything is that, you know, there's a huge, incredible amount of self-awareness that really needs to happen when you're on this path. Do you think that working with astrology and um, looking at someone's chart and then getting those intuitive hits, you can almost help somebody to really kind of narrow in on their abilities and maybe some of the things that they may see as challenges so that they don't necessarily have to. Go through
1: some of these things, you know. Can you kind of circumnavigate? Oh yeah, through a I am a quant. I am a quantum leap in a Zoom call, man. Like, and I might yeah. put that on. that just dropped in, but I'm like, yes, I can help you identify what is going on, why it's happening, and then reseed a new thought about that because half my work, like part of my work, is astrology, and part of my work is called rapid resolution therapy which is all around reprogramming the unconscious mind from things that have happened in your past um, so that you can create uh, a future or a current reality that, that makes you excited to get out of bed every morning. Because I believe that the women that I serve um, start squarely on the struggle bus of life and they're like, they're on the edge of resentment. They feel like, how did I get here? I did all the things. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what to do next. I feel stuck. I'm too old. Like these are all the thoughts that she's thinking. Mm. And, um, it's my job to come in and help her kind of pull the covers back and be like, okay, hold on. Like your chart helps us understand some of the ways that this energy is showing up in your life, which is super powerful in sharpening your not only intuition, but that self-awareness. How am I showing up? How are things going? Um, and then on the flip side, um, the RRT helps us pick thoughts or patterns of thoughts that are coming up um, to really shift things around and allow you to let go of the density that a lot of us hold on to that really isn't serving us. So it's kind of twofold, This this quantum leap that I lead women through um but it's really uh to help you kind of like I mentioned break through. I I say I help you break through before you break down because I was on the precipice of break like I fully I fully broke down and it was very lonely and it was very it was a very long recovery and I am just hell-bent on not having that have to be the way because I don't believe that it has to be
0: Yeah, I love that a lot. I mean, when you were speaking, I was kind of thinking about how almost the chart can show us some of our natural tendencies. And then a big part about the intuitive stuff is a lot about what's happened to us, you know, and it's kind of like merging those two worlds together. I mean, do you think that as well, it really helps people to be a little bit more compassionate for themselves? You know, I find that even the last couple of days for me, even the reading that I just got from you, it I'm understanding a little bit more about myself and I thought I knew a lot already. I will, I will yeah. also say this, but I'm kind of getting a different vantage point looking at things from a different perspective. And for me, it's made me kind of go, Oh, okay. Maybe I don't have to be so part of myself. I just understand it's part of my nature.
1: Yeah. I mean, your Aries son, and I love you. I would never say that you're an egomaniac, but your Aries son is always going to raise the bar on you, right? Like it's always going to say that, that was good, but we want great and great looks like this, which is not yes. what we just, we just did. And I speak, I share that because I'm a Capricorn son. And uh, when I mentioned earlier that I was seduced by success, like my therapist was like, look, you got to chill out. Like you really, this is not helping you. And I didn't know anything about astrology truly. Then I was, I think I was following an astrologer online, but I wasn't really like actively learning about it. But yeah, I mean, our natal chart is our cosmic signature that is unique to us that the way the energy in our chart works is can provide insights that you're not going to find anywhere else and if you like put your little toe in the astrological cosmic tide and you're like hey i'm looking for an answer I am seeking a different way of life. Like you will get an answer. You will get something back that is literally going to blow your mind.
0: Mm, I love that. Do you also work with people to kind of do yearly snapshots or if they have projects they want to work on? I mean, how, for yeah. example, yeah, how does that kind of work? Is it a different yeah, process? Yeah, so I don't
1: know if you know about JP Morgan Chase, but he was the one that said, um, billionaires have astrologers, not billionaires have astrologers, meaning like, there is an essence to understanding these different cosmic tides of life, as I call them, um, that really allow you to navigate differently. And we're just coming off Mercury retrograde, which is always big for people. Like people won't believe in astrology, but they'll believe in Mercury retrograde because it's messed with them enough. And, um, uh, sorry, I got distracted. Can, we well, like look back. Yeah, you were talking
0: about how J.P. Morgan has an astrologer. So I'm understanding that you know there are actually forces here that do affect people for big projects
1: or years. You know. Yes. So can, yeah, build something. Sorry. For Go ahead. So. Um, I apologize. So yeah, J.P. Morgan Chase. He had astrologers Ronald, Ronald and Nancy Reagan, which was very early on in the '80s. I know I'm dating myself here. Nancy Reagan had an astrologer. People have used this to enrich their life, enrich their business, and re- enrich their efforts. Um, and when we look at this through an energetic lens and have an energetic conversation, then we we can start knowing like how these different energies influence us. And when I work with my clients, I have some clients I work with quarterly that are very goal oriented and I'm like, you know, where are we at? What kind of tweaks do we have to, you know, what kind of tweaks do you want to make? What would be helpful based on your chart? Um, I've worked with women and their businesses to be like, when would be a good time to launch this thing? Um, You know, how do you want the energy of your business to feel? How does that complement your unique natal chart? And so it's this whole like ebb and flow of understanding you know, and learning, learning, and then understanding how this energy shows up in your life and how it can like, just create a little bit more peace and ease.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny because as you're talking, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, projects that I've started and things like that. And, you know, sometimes when I want to start a project, I'm not going to consult an astrologer. I'm going to bloody do it. And maybe that's me being an Aries and determined and I just feel in alignment, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, the best time to do it. Maybe I need to lay a little bit of groundwork. So I mean, do you kind of recommend that if people are going to be doing a substantial thing, a new project or something that they do take the time to kind of work with somebody or understand a little bit more about um, maybe their their astrological influences before they take these steps?
1: i I do. And if you have something large in your life that's going down, I always highly recommend working with someone that you feel drawn to or connected to, to provide the guidance that you need in, in those exact moments. I know from an Aries perspective in working with multiple Aries that run their own businesses, it's very easy for y'all to get started um, on your projects and you feel so empowered and, and, and passionate about what you're doing. And somehow by the end of the, pro- the end of the project, and I use air quotes here, you're like, I didn't finish it. Something happened. I don't know what's going on. Like you just kind of like fizzle out. And so where astrology comes in is like, okay, like, how do you build this project then to sustain energetically getting through the whole thing? And um, yeah, I think that if you're feeling called to have any sort of guidance in this way, Uh, I encourage you to step into that because it really, truly, like, you're going to get the answers that you seek in a way that you will never, ever. It's like mediumship. Like you could never imagine what comes up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty magical. One of the things Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about as well are cycles, because I've always had it. I don't know. I got to cancel this program. Okay. I, up until now, I had a difficult time with knowing how to harness the power of the moon. And I was just wondering, Mm -hmm. do you take a lot of stock in that? Like, do you focus on the moon? And and does that affect the decisions that that you're making? I mean, that might be a pretty good way of somebody even getting started or, as you said, kind of dipping their toe into the subject.
1: Yeah, so I'll offer this little, like, tidbit um, around the full moon and the new. I'm a full moon and new moon girl. I'm not going to talk about all eight phases. Yeah, that's what throws um, me. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm like... Honestly, I appreciate that there are eight and they each have a different thing, but my person, like, she doesn't need to know all that. She doesn't need to know even where her Mars is placed or like, it's too much information. Yeah. Um, The full moon and new moon are honestly all you need. And here's why I adore them as like the bookmarks within the month that allow us to just check in with ourselves is... Our society loves the fresh start of the first of the month. And every first of the month or every Monday or whatever interval you use in your life, you're like, I'm gonna start something new, it's Monday. And by day two or three or four, you're like, ah, oh, I'll just start again on Monday. How many of us have said that? It allows us, it it causes us to really have like trust fatigue within ourselves. Like we stop trusting that we're gonna show up even though we have a desire. And that gets to be a really slippery slope over time because we're like, oh yeah, we could do it, but why, why would we? Or, oh yeah, we still have that nudge that we wanna do that thing, but why would we? The full moon and the new moon really allow us to have dedicated check-ins of what's going on for me? What am I desiring? What adjustments do I need to make? What do I want to celebrate? Like, there are different reasons and ways to work with the full moon and with the new moon. There's an intentionality around that. And because it happens like every two weeks, it doesn't feel like this big, long 30-day cycle that I have to commit to something. But instead of just like a checkpoint, okay, like Let me just see how I'm like really feeling, not the autopilot, like I'm running from thing to thing, but like, let me just take a pause and just check in with myself. And as we do that over time, we start to notice patterns and habits and insights that we normally wouldn't have because we're too busy trying to say oh it's the first of the month I'm going to start this new goal or I'm going to do whole 30 or whatever the hell thing it is Hmm. the new moon is the beginning of the cycle it is when the moon is dark and we cannot see it in the sky even though we know it is there Um, and that moon is specifically around setting intentions and identifying like how we want to show up what care what characteristics what what Goals is not really the right word because goals is really more of a full moon activity, but intention is like, what is the energy that we want to step into and how can we start practicing that? That's calling that future self forward into the now moment instead of, um, instead of, you know, just trying to figure like relying on your future self for guidance, the full moon, you know, what goals do I have? How do I celebrate that? Um, People are much more like uh, networky and social around the full moons. And I've seen this on social media now for years. People get super quiet around the new moon. It is the darkest time energetically of the month um, from a lunar perspective. So a lot of us feel like we want to put ourselves out in timeout around the new moon, which as you start paying attention to some of these energetic cycles, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And so then starts that curiosity of like, well, what does this mean and how does this work? And then you figure out over time kind of how that works for you. And the rest, as they say, is history.
0: That's kind of making me think, you know, sometimes I organize workshops, you know, local workshops and things like that. And I mean, sometimes, yeah, lately, I I would just say I haven't paid attention to the moon cycles at all. So I'd be kind of curious for me to look back and to see whether or not my attendance level is affected by my choice for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you're talking about it, it's kind of, you know, let's say you're in sales and marketing or you're running your own business and you have to go make a whole bunch of content, maybe making it at the new moon isn't when you do that because you might want to go in and, and be a little bit introspective. So it's almost as though, you know, you're riding the wave and then, you know, you're like going uphill if you're not going with the flow of the world around you.
1: Right. And so this is where like this social pressure comes in. Right. And I'm just coming off. I think I've taken this is day seven of like I took an unexpected break from social media. I had a lot of I have had a lot of things this last week that I've had to navigate. And, you know, that's that's counter to the expectation of society of like to be successful you're supposed to show up every day and it doesn't really matter that you know and I'm using this as kind of a silly example but I think it drives the point home of like our society wants us to navigate as if we're a man which runs on a 24-hour clock and in fact we're not men we're women that run on a 28-day clock and that that solar cycle um sorry I'm going to just back up for a second Men run on um, energies similar to the sun, where the sun rises and sets every day. Women run on cycles around the moon, which our menstrual cycle can be completely tied to the 28-day cycle of um, the moon. So there's a lot of similarities even there just on how these things work and how we as women work. Um, Our moon sign is our internal dialogue. So when we were talking before... um, we jumped on, uh, you know, how we think about our feelings and our emotional body, like truly is what we live with every single day, whether we're paying attention to it or not. So wouldn't it be helpful to have a little bit of insight on how we tick so that we can show up a little bit differently?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And for our listener at home, and also for you, if you haven't already read it, um, there's a fabulous book called rise sister rise by Rebecca Campbell. And it's, have you read it? I have not read it. It's Mm -hmm. amazing, but it's a lot about sisterhood and it's a lot about the cycles and it's about, you know, connecting with the feminine
1: and it's really, really powerful. So can go ahead. I was just going to say a book that really taught me about like the cyclical nature of our cycles was do less by Kate Northrup.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, It's
1: all about productivity and like how to really honor these different energetic cycles and seasons within our own selves and how it ties to the moon. Um, Kate Northrop's mom was a very, is a very, um, uh, prominent OBGYN. So female health has been kind of ingrained as part of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's a fascinating read.
0: Yeah, I like that because, you know, I'm just going back to Rebecca's book. She was talking a bit about the, um, you know, like Mm -hmm. the um, patriarchal society and how we're like, kind of really encouraged to get out there and keep showing up and keep doing all these things. So when you have that other perspective about honoring your innate nature, it would change everything for you. And I think also we would be coming at things with more energy than, you know, if you're like doing a hard slog, I'm sure we can all relate where you're, sitting in front of the computer and you're going, I'm just not really as productive right now as I should be. Well, maybe that's where you go and have a nap or you go outside. Exactly. You you no. Know, and you take that, you honor that part of yourself.
1: Yeah. But old Lauren, like old me in corporate life, like five years ago, six years ago, she was just like determined that like nothing was going to stop her. Yeah. And I think that there's two parts of us now that like, we really have to decide what we want and how we want our lives to feel. And option number one is that we're going to keep slogging through and keep thinking that we're going to overwork and logic our way through life. And option number two is that we're going to decide that we get to live life on our own terms via Mm -hmm. our free will and that whatever it's going to take to figure that out, we're going to commit to doing that. Um, which I think he wanted to talk about intuition a little bit today too. So that might um, be a helpful transition, but you know, the point is we have a choice and just because we're living on autopilot or not in a lot of awareness doesn't mean that we don't get to choose like the easier, more graceful way of living going forward.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I mean, for me running my own business, you know, I'm very conscious that, when I'm yeah, at the helm here, I'm making the decisions. So it's kind of like I always sort of think about, well, how do I want to act moving forward? You know, and mm-hmm. I don't want to work before nine for anyone else other than myself, you know, working on reading or training or anything like that. So I think that's a big part of it as well is about thinking about, well, who do we want to become and then acting like that and acting as though exactly. we need to move forward in that way. So I, I was sort of curious as to whether or not you can read your own chart
1: objectively. Hmm. Um, I believe you can read your own chart objectively. So I've actually written a like astrology basics course through the lens of understanding your unique energetics for your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. And then really understanding kind of the time points in your life because astrology is as much energy, um, from like a, how I show up in the world, but also the timing of what have I experienced, And so do I think that you can do it objectively? A hundred percent with the right guidance. Do I think you can pull up a CoStar app or um, there's a couple of other ones out there and like understand how it works? Absolutely not. Which is why the universe was like, here, you get to bring like this simplified cliff notes version of astrology to life and make it approachable for people who don't need to be astrologers or don't want to be astrologers when they grow up.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Love that. So let's talk a little bit now about intuition and also connecting with your deep desire. So do you believe that in general, people know what their deep desire is, or do you think that they sort of have to learn that?
1: I think we get signals and have glimmers when we're not tuned into that, like all the time, like the universe is never not knocking at your door, right? They're always like, Hey, Hey, (laughs) like you love this thing or, like this little synchronicity will happen because it's almost like a little uh, cosmic wink to what's possible. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us, again, going back to our free will of like, are we going to opt in or are we just going to continue to like brush past?
0: So how do we do that? You know, I think listening to your intuition is a really big part of it, right? Because, you know, you listen to your intuition when you knew you'd had enough in your job. You know, when we talk about it or we liken it to the idea of exploring your deep desire, I mean, when we have those cosmic winks and we're paying attention then we know, oh, wait a minute, there's something here. I feel this gravitational pull to that. But then you kind Mm -hmm. of have to have an intuition as well about trusting that, you know, the universe really does and truly have your back.
1: Yes, to all of the above. And (laughs) I think what I hear you asking is like, okay, but how does that really work? Yeah. Here's how I think here here's how i think about that is you know i'm i'm 43 years old and it it wasn't long ago that i i did trust my intuition in some cases but i really ignored it in a lot of cases and so over i'm just going to quantify as those first 40 years like i was actively sitting in my counselor's office discounting that karma existed or that this synchronicity meant anything And so to come like completely full circle and do a 180 on my whole value proposition of life here, I think is (laughs) speaks for itself. It speaks volumes to kind of what I've been through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of liken it to almost being a a professional athlete. And again, this is just for demonstration purposes, but it takes practice and consistency to like really sharpen this skill. It is a skill, like any other skill that you develop, and it requires a lot of self-trust in order to be like, okay, and then a belief that like, you can't F it up, like you're not going to mess it, there's nothing to be messed up, regardless of whatever expectations are being put on you. So the marriage of those two of the practicing of showing up, plus the like belief system of like, oh, I can't really mess it up is really powerful powerful, yeah,
0: I like that one of the things that I always like to talk about is what's meant for us will not pass us by. Yes. however, it can arrive a lot sooner if we are noticing synchronicities and we are listening to things. And sometimes I do find it interesting to go if I've said yes to something and I've got anxiety or nerves around it, interesting to see how it plays out. you know what? <laughs> what is the lesson Mm -hmm. that I learned from it? Or, you know, does it not go as smoothly as it was meant to? How do you sort of work on honing in on your intuition? What are some things that you do to, to assist you with that?
1: Um, I, my old mindset was like, follow the thread. So when that glimmer or that hit like comes by and I feel like the nudge, I call it a nudge now, instead of like, then I'll be like, okay, like, where is this leading me? And I'll try to keep an open mind about what's to come because essentially we are in every moment co-creating with the universe, with our thoughts, with our actions. Um, And when we keep that in mind with showing up in curiosity and wonder and possibility, like the outcomes that we are able to create are much more impactful and significant than if we're like, even though the rest of them are super great. Like, right back to my old life, it was fantastic in a lot of ways, but it also like like didn't feel like
0: how Mm. it feels
1: today. Um, And so really being in trust that you're following that thread and you're going to be open to whatever comes because you know, it's for your highest good is a whole different level of self-empowerment and really being in in co-creation with the universe and source it sounds like as you call it
0: yeah I kind of call it like five different things but yes today, <laughs> I, to get, today I guess I call it that source um yeah and when you're talking about you know following the thread what I'm also hearing from you is you're also talking about going with the flow because I think that when we're following the thread it's like we're not getting caught up on all these brambles things are being chucked in our way we're really just able to kind of look at the golden nuggets and follow them as opposed to having these
1: hurdles sort of chucked in our way telling us this is not the way (laughs) right or like being really upset about how something's gone down so i'll give you like a very surface level um common thing that a lot of us do is we make plans with someone And they cancel and we get really annoyed or hurt or pissed off. And we're like, oh, I was so looking forward to that. Or I'm so bummed that that didn't happen. Like, yes, you are allowed to feel that way. But there's a reason that that connection point didn't happen. There's a reason that the meeting was missed. There's a reason. Where were we the other day? Oh, my family and I were driving home for Mother's Day the other day. And my son forgot his watch. And we had to turn around and drive all the way back to my in-law's house. And I literally said, as we were crossing back over the bridge to get to their house, I was like, there's a reason that we have to turn around right now. And we may never know that reason, Yes, you may never. but know. it was likely for our, our highest good. And when we trust that, we don't get wrapped around the axle and spend so much energy feeling like the universe is happening to us. It gets to start happening for us. Yeah, that's so good.
0: Well, it's been a fascinating conversation. I know we didn't get to talk about rapid resolution therapy, which I was really interested in um, exploring, but we had a lot of other things to cover off of today. Um, is there anything that you wanted to ask or mention that I didn't, that I didn't ask you in our conversation today, any parting messages? Also, how can people get in touch with you if they are interested?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I would just love to know like your, your perspective on all this, I know that you've done, you know, and like how you now see astrology differently in terms of a tool that you could use. Like, I always love sitting in front of people who are like, I don't love, I don't know that much about astrology, but you know, (laughs) I'm open to the conversation. Like what now piques your interest in what you would want to know more about based on our time together today?
0: Mm, Okay. Um, I guess for me, I probably need to take a, a, like what I've learned from it is that it's this sort of secret weapon that I'm not tapping into. And even when I talk to astrologers, I'm interested, but then there's something about it. That's like a hurdle for me. So what is the hurdle? I feel that in a way, maybe I can't, I don't Mm -hmm. understand all of the logistics, like you're talking about, but then I also don't Mm -hmm. really need to. So I guess, you know, I'm curious as to I suppose how I can incorporate it a little bit more into my life to make decisions and to assist me in understanding myself better. And I think that Mm -hmm. one thing I will say is, as an Aries, I don't normally book appointments and seek out additional information. I do a lot of my own research and reading. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of yeah. So I guess I'm I'm kind of on thinking about it in two ways. I love how you're talking about how. yeah, we're not really, you know, necessarily everything that our chart says, we have these other elements that we can, that we can bring in. But I do, you know, I think that when I'm making my next decision, it would be really good to, to have an astrologer. I did meet with an astrologer once when I was launching a business and I thought that was Mm -hmm. really helpful. So I do, Mm -hmm. I did really gravitate to that idea and thinking that, you know, there are, there are these untapped things that I could be accessing. I think I haven't, been properly harnessing the moons. So I do want to look at, at bringing in that moon energy. I think that, um, yeah, it's kind of like, definitely go check out my
1: cosmic calendar. Yeah. Um, I, my, my offer, I call it the cosmic calendar. It's by year. And I essentially like line out all the full moons and new moons. And it's like the girlfriend's guide to working like moon basics. Right. So here's how to work with a new moon. Here's how to work with a full moon. Um, I definitely would encourage you to just, just write down like what's going on and where you're at and how you're feeling, and then start tracking that over time. Um, The one thing I will say just relationship wise that we really didn't cover today is when you understand how your internal dialogue works. And then you understand how a partner or a child or a family member's internal dialogue works because you know enough about astrology to be like, oh, you're a Leo moon or you're a Virgo moon or whatever it is. Like you get to show up differently in relationship, which allows that connection to be more authentic, just looking at it through a different lens. And I think to have a full circle moment here in this conversation it allows you to have compassion for yourself in a completely unique way. And it allows you to have compassion for others. Cause we're all on this journey trying to figure this out. And our natal chart holds some clues as to how we can unlock some of those things that we're seeking. Is it a silver bullet? Absolutely not. Like I'm probably the worst astrologer ever for being like, you don't have to use it for everything. Cause there are astrologers that are like all these things mean all these things. And I'm like, Yes, but we don't actually need all of that information to make this a very powerful conversation. So please go check out um, some of my free resources. Also, if you're interested in learning the basics, I have a fantastic um, self-led tool in my Beyond Your Horoscope course um, that I pair with what I call my experience, which is called the Cosmic Cocktail Club. We meet around the full moon every month. Um, We talk all about the energies, we create some momentum around goals, um, we celebrate wins and successes, because that's what like, keeps us energetically aligned with that future version of us that we're trying to create.
0: I love that. And it's kind of about, you know, I think that I've been missing out, I I think I've been missing out on on these opportunities, you know, in terms of the energies around me. And I think that because I just have my head down very often, I know what I'm working on. I'm kind of forgetting that I could be riding the wave a little bit better. So I think that that's a lot. of I mean, we can all ride the wave. Yeah,
1: yeah, we could all ride the wave just a little bit. Like, wouldn't it be nicer if it just felt a little bit easier? Like, I know we're all craving that in some way, shape or form. And astrology gives us permission to welcome that energy in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for being here. What a great conversation. I'm sure this is not the last time we me. connect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we should talk about RRT next. It's um, yes, a fascinating back. modality.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about it because um, I know that I've been reprogramming my my mind for, you know, well over 20 years. And it's something that I noticed in the last probably year and a half, I haven't been as proactive about it. And I feel as though I'm I'm seeing the effects of that and I'm really needing to get back Mm -hmm. on the horse, so to speak. So it'd be kind of really interesting to know about how that started for you and and the results that you're getting. So we'll definitely um, have a good conversation. We'll focus on that. Cool. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. new episodes, every Thursday.